Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode and today um, I'm joined by a gentleman called Mr Rob Goddard from the UK. Rob, very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Paul. Um, Great to be uh, invited and and join you for a conversation. And here we are as we get ready to uh, close the curtain on one year and welcome in a new one. Um, I'm particularly pleased, Rob, to to welcome you in on this, this episode because... I know your story, Suicide to Success, is going to fit very, very well in terms of how people can, and I say how, people can walk that path from darkness to light. So um, so open the gates then, really, Rob, from suicide to success. Start the ball rolling, if you will. <laughs> well, when I was much younger than I am today, it sounds like a song to a lyric, doesn't it? Um, I used to think people who suffered from depression were weak and all they needed to do was pull themselves together. Until in my mid-40s, I had a number of things happen. I lost my well-paid job. Uh, I lost my marriage and I lost my kids, all within a few months of each other. And uh, I spiralled into what became a five-year period of depression. So the I became one of those number of people that was just struggling with life, with anxiety and stress because of life's events, situational depression. Um, and I guess my story uh, that that started in two thousand, late two thousand and eight, just when the uh, the uh, Lehman Brothers went bang and the world went mad, and we entered a, a number of years of a double dip recession worldwide. Mm. So I was struggling and so was the world. And uh, I guess my story really picks up from there is um, with the help of others and the love and support of others, I've managed to claw back and uh, bounce back and become resilient and dig deep over the last 10 years. And really the, uh, the book that I wrote covers that period of time um, from going from a thwarted suicide attempt back in 2010 to where things are today. So does that give a sort of helpful enough backstory? It it creates a nice platform. We can build on that, Rob. I just want to come in, if I may, around something that you said at the top of that uh, introduction, Rob, around pull yourself together, do this. I mean, the world's full of experts, isn't it, that tell us to just do something. It's like we're kind of mini versions of Nike. Just do it. Just do it. And it's like, well, but nobody, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Very few people actually give you the how-to. Would you, would you uh, accept that as a fair comment? I totally agree, both in a personal level and in business, actually. There's too many people telling you the what, not the how-to. Mm. And um, when you're not feeling great about yourself and life, 
um, it's hard to get out of that. And particularly with depression and suicidal thoughts and thinking, you can isolate yourselves. And as men, we're pretty bad at this, actually. Um, when we're faced with a situation like that, where you're losing hope for the future, often people go quiet, and men particularly so, which is why three times as many men commit suicide than women on this planet. There's something in us that's hardwired not to communicate. Is that conditioning from, a, or am I oversimplifying this, Rob, to say is that conditioning from a very early age it wrapped up in what I call big boys don't cry? Just get on with it. Just do it. It's that just do it again, isn't it? <laughs> Seems like we're not going to get far away from that saying. <laughs> I love the way you encapsulate it. And I, I, I have to say I'd find difficulty disagreeing with you. Nice double negative, uh, so, which means that I do agree with you. I, I think there is something um as men that we feel we have to carry things on our shoulders whether and, and particularly if you're a business owner you've got if you've got staff you've got other people's livelihoods at stake some of the commercial decisions you make so um as a husband as a father and as a business owner you can carry all of those those hats that one wears um i think also Part of it is, as men, we talk facts, and women tend, I know I'm generalising, women tend to talk feelings. Men talk facts. We're very happy as men talking about football, careers, money, materialism, but not so much happy about talking about how we really feel about things. And our support, our support network tends to be less than perhaps women's support network it is. So just as a little uh, personal insight, Rob, uh, hopefully humorous, but we'll see. Support and football, have you got any allegiances in that and in that direction? Yeah, I'm a long-suffering Arsenal supporter. Right, OK. Um, <laughs> I've been, the highs and lows, but that didn't lead yeah. to my depression. Right, OK. <laughs> I, I've um, always said I support the club, not the team. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yes. I mean, that's a nice get out of jail statement. I uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, that le leads us in nicely, um, Rob, to the power of beliefs. Um, just on that coincidental note, in a world of no coincidences, um, if I can share the power of beliefs in what we're talking about, because from a very, very early age, where I was brought up with uh, extreme violence, abuse, cruelty, uh, and I'll use the word sadism because that's appropriate, I attempted suicide at 13 and a half because I couldn't cope anymore. But it wasn't that I couldn't cope anymore with that because I'd become a secret drinker. So I, I was also addicted to alcohol and diagnosed with that at a very, very early age. The thing, the straw that broke the camel's back for me, Rob, was the football thing because I created a belief system that one day I would wear with pride the red shirt of Nottingham Forest Football Club. Ah. And in 1974, um, I think you're at, a, at an age, Rob, where you probably will remember this because it was quite big news at the time. Um, but Forest were involved in an epic uh, FA Cup marathon with Newcastle. They were. Pitch, pitch invasion. And at the second replay at Goodison Park, they lost it 1-0. Now, that was on the 23rd of March, 1974. 
Two days later, they played away at Craven Cottage and got beat 2-0 by Fulham. <laughs> I called this the curse of the black and white um, and created a whole belief system about how my life was black and white subsequently because what I did there, Rob, was on that, the full, after the Fulham game, my belief system was one of how dare you betray me. I give everything to you. You are my life. You are my world. You are my everything. And that was what I created around a football club that didn't even know who I was. Well, of course, I look up to Nottingham Forest supporters because you've won the European Cup twice. Twice, yeah. 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 Arsenal have yet to hold that trophy aloft. So uh, I look up to people like yourself, Paul. <laughs> but it, ju- <laughs> it just shows, Rob, doesn't it, the power of beliefs in, in where we are, you know, whether it's a football club in many respects is, well, it's not many, it's totally irrelevant. But I had, we need a reason to be, don't we? It, it, I totally agree. For me, it was money. My relationship with money for decades was wrong. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with money. And I, I've shared this many, many times with people. It's not money that's wrong, it's the love of it. So for me, it was like a false idol. Mm. Um, And I pursued it for years and decades. Um, Materialism, money, career, which worked fine until I was in my mid-40s. And then it went very uh, quickly and uh, all of a sudden. And it was the only leg on my stall, (laughs) is my metaphor. When Mm. that leg was taken away, I had nothing else. Um, And that's why I went into situational depression and lost hope because my faith and my belief was in something that was quite transitory, which was money. And uh, I've had to get my relationship right with money over the last 10 years because I don't want to fall into the same trap. Um, But it's not until you lose it. I was in the top 0.1% of earners in the UK. And I was on uh, a significant amount of money and it was growing. But I I incurred debts. So it actually doesn't matter what you earn. It's what you spend that matters. Mm. So um, it took me into a place that was very dark. I, uh, like you, I mean, I self-medicated. I went on to prescribe drugs from the GP to try and stabilize my condition. But I found that alcohol is, was my drug of choice. So I became a functioning alcoholic for several years. And I set up a one-man band business at the same time. Mm. And I can remember crying in the car regularly before a sales pitch to get the negative emotion out of me so that I could play a role and be an actor and pitch to a potential new client. And I, 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 I can remember it being a very painful time for me. And I, in some ways, I felt I was being a fraud. I was being something I wasn't because I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't showing my true emotions. But uh, that's the decision I took. I had to play a part. And it did work. I did build a business as a one-man band 10 years ago. And now it's a multi-million pound business across two continents. And I don't run, I don't run it now. It's run by a really talented and great team on both in both countries. Mm. But uh, it, it, it goes back to what you said uh, just now, which is it's the belief system. So my belief system has changed. And actually, I plan for tomorrow, but I live for today now. 
I actually enjoy and look for the little things often today that make you feel good. Either things that happen to me or things that I can do to affect the change um, or something, do something positive in someone else's life. So it's a two-way street. Brilliant. I just want to take you back, Rob, if I can, around uh, something you said there about readjusting or realigning your relationship with money. Can I ask you, actually, was there a far more critical relationship that had to be readjusted, and that was the one with yourself? Yeah, I think that would be fair to say. Uh, I was born into a working-class family, and my parents went from working class to middle class. And I guess I, I imbibed some of those values. Mm. Um, but uh, no one really taught me about the value of money. Mm. <laughs> and when you're on big money, like, tw for example, £20,000 a month, gross, not, not net, um, you get used to that. And then you start spending, or you can start spending. So I, my, my relationship with money has had to change, but I've had to learn the hard way rather than go in a class, a masterclass mm. to learn about it. I had to learn the hard way. And uh, we're led to believe, Rob, that they are the best lessons to learn as a generalisation. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. Well, that's, that's another conversation maybe another time. And so it stands alone, that one, does, doesn't it? It does, and I struggled with depression for two years since 2008 and 2010. I found myself in Dubai. I ran away to Dubai to get away from my problems in the UK. But, of course, my problems went on that plane with me to the Middle East and struggling with – and now I'd cut myself off from all friends and family by living in a country I'd never lived in before in a foreign culture. Uh, and I ended up a kilometre up in the sky – the world's tallest building, trying to find a fire exit to get out and then jump. That's the, how low I'd got in 2010 with my life. I, I'd lost all hope. And I, I didn't have a network of people around me because I ran away. Was that the um, facilitation then, Rob, for everyone needs an Alex? <laughs> yeah, because um, there's a friend of mine in the UK kept in contact with me, Alex Petty. And he kept in touch with me via Skype. And it's amazing, when you don't have money and possessions, how many of your so-called friends you lose? Mm -hmm. I didn't lose Alex. There were, there were probably three people. And Alex was one of those three. And Alex was really faithful in keeping in touch with me while I was in the Middle East. And our, uh, after my thwarted attempt, I did find a fire exit, but it was locked. Right. So I couldn't find a way. And someone asked me yesterday, if that wasn't locked to fire exit, would I have jumped? And the honest answer is I don't know. And I'm glad I didn't have that decision to make. It was made for me because someone had locked it. Some well-meaning maintenance person had locked that fire exit. Um, so I, I, I actually felt even worse about myself because I couldn't even take my own life in the way that I'd planned. But I went back to my apartment and I contacted Alex and I didn't give him the whole story. I, I just, he could tell that things weren't well. And uh, I asked him to come over. I'd pay for his flight, but could he give me his time? And he came over for four days. And uh, it was a real, it's the lowest point in my life, but it, it, through his questions, his questions he was asking me, 
and his support helped me get back on track over those four days. And I've slowly built my life back, but only with the love and support of others, including Alex. Alex and I are still best of pals now, 10 years down the line. Yeah. Um, so I, I've always said, I've said in recent years, everyone needs an Alex in their life. Someone, at least one Alex, mm. that they can talk with, communicate with, particularly us blokes who are pretty poor at communicating at a proper level. Um, and if life is going quite well for someone, maybe you could be an Alex to someone else. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Because the greatest commodity that we've got is our time in a very, very busy 21st century technology world. So that, that's my rally call, really, uh, is mm. to how to find an Alex and how to be an Alex to someone else that maybe is struggling with life right now. If I can just be allowed to build on that, excellent platform that uh, you've created there rob um uh, I, I want to share a very very similar experience because i think the point you make is is beyond powerful and i just as i say want to supplement that stroke reinforce it i had a situation a couple of years ago where i was supporting um, somebody that had gone through a particular um tough time long long relationship um, self self-deservedness issues etc etc and it was around that uh, time of year when things seemed to be more poignant Christmas New Year you know and plans and family get-togethers and all that and um, anyway what happened was I rang um, Kevin CSE and I can name him because um, he's done a podcaster uh, he put a podcast out on Christmas Day um, of last year um, around this situation and basically what happened was I rang him a few days for intuitively knowing that something wasn't quite right right so I just rang him oh Kev how are you blah 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 and I could tell by the tone of his voice that and, and the words he was you know he was trying to be very guarded um, but I could tell anyway without saying too much and, and creating too much alarm um, I think it's fair to say that um, the sting was took out to the situation. And I asked him, um, you know, basically, where was he and what was he doing? And he said, all you need to know is I'm safe and I'll tell you when we're face to face. Well, obviously, um, I'm in Spain. I made the call from Spain where I live. Um, the next time I got back to the UK, a couple of weeks later, I said... Uh, Right, that, that conversation, Kevin. And I kept him within within touch, Rob, but I didn't broach that conversation because I knew it was extremely precarious. Mm. And he said, um, okay, well, I'm going to tell you now. And he said, that wasn't the first time, by the way. Can you remember, and he quoted this situation before. He said, can you remember that particular phone call? And I said, well, yeah, I can actually, yeah. And I'm glad you bought it up. He said, when you rang me just before Christmas, I was out at Matlock in a desolate place with a load of tablets, and that was it. He said, another two minutes, the top would have been off the bottle, wow. and that would have been it. Wow. And he said, you know, and I just kind of offer that powerful story, Rob, to yet again, as I say, reinforce that everybody needs an Alex or a Paul or a Fred, a Joe, a Bill, but that confidant, that support, um, and I think it's, you know, me being the other side of that sort of dynamic, me being in that context that you're talking about, Rob, the proverbial Alex, to other Alexes out there, my message is, 
to match that very powerful one that you've given, Rob, to the potential Alex's, trust your intuition. And if one of your nearest and dearest, or somebody, it doesn't have to be nearest and dearest, but you reach out for them. Best you make a phone call and, and be irksome and annoying rather than, I wish I had, you know. Yeah, and I, well, I mean, that's a powerful story too. And um, I, I know that when as someone that was going through depression, I wasn't looking for someone to come up with um, a solution. I just wanted someone who would listen and not judge me. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Alex did. In fact, his key question to me when we were poolside in my apartment in Dubai for the four days, the key question I've always remembered, he said, what do you really want to do in your life? And I gave him the typical response, particularly a male response, which is, I don't know. But he didn't give up at that. He said, well, if you did know, what would that look like? Because he knew I was a visual person. What does that, what, if you did know, what would that look like? So what he was getting me to do was picture a brighter future in my mind's eye and then verbalize it to him. And that unlocked, for me, that unlocked, the issue. I still had stuff to deal with, but it gave me some renewed hope, and uh, that was the that was the starting point for me. So, um, people to be an Alex, it's really those those people just need to listen. Maybe go for a drink. Maybe go for well, assuming they've got a problem. With <laughs> uh, maybe coffee. To be on yeah, the safe side, yeah. maybe go for lunch. It might be a phone call, as you said, but. Just to keep that contact, do you know that one of the weird things in this 21st century life with so much technology, which we're speaking across right, right now, we've got so much technology, so much communication, and yet we remain an uncommunicated civilization in some senses. People, mm -hmm. loneliness and isolation abounds, and yet we've got so much at our disposal to help us communicate. Um, and social media can be very lonely for people you know, there's the cyberbullying, for example. So I, I think just remembering someone and doing something about it and just reaching out is probably the most valuable thing you can do. And then listening to them and not trying to solve their problems, but being listening ear. You've used quite a few times, quite rightly, in my humble opinion, Rob, the word hope. Um, if we could use that as a general platform, is there any anything else that we could build on? Because you've obviously mentioned the scenario of the statistically three times more we guys, where you know you'd reach out to a guy if there was some signs of struggling. Um, what what's is there is there anything else other than what you've said, Rob, to really that how to in terms of where guys are concerned? Yeah. So um, my experience again with Alex, he got me to visualize and then verbalize what life could be like in an you know with if i had a magic wand what would that life look like and describe it and then write it down he also got me to write i am statements i am a great father i you know i am a caring person i am a funny guy i am you know all positive affirmation statements he got me to write down and put on the cupboard in the kitchen so that every morning I'd see it when I was making my cup of coffee, long after he'd gone back to the UK. So I think there's, there's two things there about 
visualization, verbalization, and then writing the thing down and reminding yourself. And it's taken eight, nine years to get back to where I was. I've lost nearly a decade, um, but I haven't got the debts. <laughs> and my next 10 years of my life is taking a different, the last 10 years has been building businesses. Um, the next 10 years is very different. It's about using uh, as a platform what's been created in the last 10 years. And the next 10 year vision is more altruistic, which is trying to make a difference in other people's lives. Either that might be philanthropic, um, which it currently is, but also it might be investing in other people's businesses to give them some hope for the future, to grow their businesses. Wow. It's getting involved in projects and now my focus is about trying to make a difference in other people's lives and, and realms rather than what has been happening, which is trying to sort of build a life that was sustainable and stable and built on the right things for me rather than uh, on the wrong thing, which was money in my case. Mm. Absolutely love what you've said there, Rob. Absolutely love it. And the reason I do, because after nearly six de decades on this planet, <coughs> Um, I've made some kind of sense of this existence we have called life. That's uh, more than an existence, Freudian slip there. But the simplicity of language, um, isn't it true that particularly guys as well in that more masculine energy, we, we look for concrete models and systems. One plus one equals two. We're very methodical, very systematic. Um, and what I've done with my own journey, Rob, because of my insecurity, my, my vulnerability for, for many, many, many years, was I created this stepping stone system called the three pillars of life. And what you said there really resonated because obviously when guests are talking, I'm trying to think, how does that fit in? I'm testing my own model all the time. And those three Ps, those three pillars, yeah. Rob, around purpose, we all need a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, and in my day job, which is helping business owners prepare and then sell their businesses, that's exactly it. And in fact, it's the thing that sometimes stop a business owner from selling because there's significance and purpose in life. And the reason to get up on a Monday morning or a Sunday morning, if it's in Dubai, is their company. Yeah. That's it. It's their life. Yeah. And... Uh, it, it's it's trying to help others see that there's something wider than just that immediate thing in business. Um, and what, one of the things we've done, we've, we've, we've got a place in Albania around the Mediterranean, and I bought a boat this year. And I bought the boat not only for the family, because I've got children, young children, um, but also to go for long weekends away with other guys. Go fishing. So we take the boat out. We take some fishing rods out and we take some uh, lagers out and spend the day on the Aegean. And that's just wonderful because you're spending time together. It's unhurried. It's fun. And you're yeah. doing something together where you can have a decent conversation about life, the universe and everything. So that's my that's my way. And um, in in the year one of my 10 year vision, um, there is another how to that's just come to mind which is I, I'm very good at, uh, I'm a, a strong one for uh, visual boards. So every year I plan the things I want to achieve in that year. 
and I put it in pictorial form. So I have an image from Google Images that represents that goal for the year. And then I'll break it down into quarterly uh, goals and then monthly. And then I keep myself accountable to one of uh, a mastermind group that I'm a part of. So I've got other business owners keeping me accountable for the things that I said I was going to do during the course of the year. And it's marvelous because they keep you accountable in a positive, supportive way, but I, but it keeps me on track. So I, I would encourage anyone, particularly guys, but anyone really listening to this is to visualize their goals and put it in image form, have it as a screensaver, print off a copy, put it on the fridge and remind yourself, regularly about the things that you want to achieve this year and maybe you can do a five-year vision board but a year i think is is something that all of us can think about absolutely and i think that brings in a an excellent point robin a bigger question um around having a mentor in your life somebody you know whether or in whatever form that takes formally informally coach however whatever label you want to use but that's somebody that says have you done it or are you doing it? Because, oh, well, I didn't get my... Uh, yeah, I'm training for the marathon, but I didn't get my trainers on last night because it's raining and I've got a bit of an hangover from last night, you know, and all the, that kind of stuff. And it's that, it's price. We all need that, don't we? We all need We that. do. And statistically, we're twice as... Two times more likely to hit a goal if we ask someone to keep us accountable. Two times mm. more likely to achieve that. So as we start to come towards a close then, uh, Rob, I mean, just going back to your Suicide to Success, which is the, uh, the title of your book, do you want to give us a little bit of an insight around your book? Yeah, well, I, 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 funny enough, I, I have a copy here. <laughs> In true Blue Peter style. <laughs> you, you know it's written by me because it's got a photograph on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, this little book, thin book, it, is really my path from a thwarted suicide attempt to living life, thriving in life rather than just surviving it. And uh, it's not for profit. All royalties go to Campaign Against Living Miserably, a UK-based charity to help people who are really struggling with life. Um, I give out copies everywhere I go. I, <laughs> I put copies. I fly to Dubai once a month for work. Um, I make sure that I put a copy in the little uh, dispenser where they have the uh, magazines. I, on the railway station where they have a borrow a book thing, exchange book, I put it in there. I, I want to get the message out, um, particularly to business owners um, struggling with business burnout and stress and anxiety, that there, there is a way out. You don't need to be hopeless. There is hope. It may not seem too big at the moment. So that, that little book is having quite an impact. It's a bestseller on Amazon. Uh, and as I say, the royalties go to mental health charities anyway. But I, I want to get the word out there. I want to start a conversation with other people, particularly guys, because we're bad at this, as I've said, um, about the things that really matter in life. And I'm only one person, and I've only got an allotted amount of time on this planet but I'm going to do the best I can to try and get us. I, I, I want to try and help reverse the 800,000 deaths a year through suicide on this planet. If I can do something with others to reverse that trend, then what a great life. Absolutely. I want to bring things to a, to a final close, 
um, Rob, um, by asking you a, a big question. But before I do that, because um, I always say that to the end, I want to ask you, how can people get in touch with you, reach out to you, find out more about you? Basically, what's your contact details? Yeah, I mean, I've got a website, robgoddard.co.uk. robgoddard.co.uk. Um, it's got contact details there. It's got content. I also run a Facebook group called Triumph Over Adversity. Triumph Over Adversity. And again, there's people on there that are putting positive content out there for the benefit of others. So those, those are two main ways. And if someone wants to get in touch with me, I'm more than happy to uh, hear from Super, Rob, thank you. So we started uh, this conversation, Rob, um, around alluding to the fact that uh, we're about to close the curtain on one year. Yeah. And maybe um, in the wee small hours of the morning, as the old song goes, pull the curtains back on a new one. Although a lot of people might not remember that, depending on how much celebratory drink they've had. Uh, I won't be one of those, I hasten to add. Um, but I want to ask you this, Rob, that... What's the one, if there is, and it's a big question, if there's one massive, big life lesson, you can call it a legacy statement, if you will, hmm. but that you would leave to the world, what would that wow. be? Don't stay silent. Don't isolate yourself. Communicate with at least one other human being and have an honest conversation and forget about your pride. There you go. There's four things there, all common. Brilliant. And what I find with these these big questions, Rob, um, I usually find that people can give a, a very concise, real knockout answer rather than war and peace. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And all that remains now, Rob, is to say that, um, well, let's see what 2020 brings. Um, I'm personally inspired um, around your, your whole outlook and your story. Uh, I have the benefit of... Uh, listening to you in in france where where, uh, where we first come across you and uh, i just want to thank you as i say immensely for sharing and having the courage to, and and i will say vulnerability we have to be careful how we use that word vulnerability yeah. um but the vulnerability to kind of in the nicest nicest why do i use that word where's that come from but the most powerful way to say world look i'm a human being i've made mistakes but to quote the great, great Shirley Bassey, this is my life. Thank you very much, Rob. Pleasure. So there we have it, listeners. Um, just to reiterate, um, the new year is upon us, and you know we could we could abound with different adjectives around what it will mean to you, what your hopes are, what your aspirations are. But I remain steadfast as I do with all my podcasts when I sign off, and it's this. That no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success.